Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shannon Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host Trevor, and I I uh, I've been lazy. Sorry, I haven't been doing anything nerdy. <laughs> actually, Some would say that is nerdy. That's true. Uh, actually, I was watching um, the new XCOM game on Twitch. Um, it's sort of interesting to me. Uh, should I buy it? This is Chimera Squad you're talking about, right? Correct. I think you should definitely. I I don't know if you play it right away, but it's on sale right now as a release sale. Like they're selling it for ten bucks right now. And it's going to go back up to twenty, which is the normal price soon. In yeah, fact, it's it's already I, back up to twenty. It's twenty. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. So is it different? Yeah, I got Steam open right here. I I mean, is it different? What am I trying to ask? Like, how is it that price? Like, is it shorter? Is it? So, I, so I, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. There's, there's probably several several reasons why it's that way. I believe yes, it's shorter. Um, there's a bunch of things that are sort of uh specialized to make it. Um, more compact in the here's a good example the characters you have in your squad are not created by you they are uh, stock characters it's almost like a one-shot adventure in an rpg you're given stock characters you cannot rename and they already have their basic loadouts when you start the game and obviously you can probably take them in different directions but it's not like the custom characters that you build in the regular XCOM game. That is just one example. The XCOM Chimera Squad is all about the action of one single squadron of troops in a single city. It doesn't cover the entire planet like oh, XCOM and XCOM 2 okay. does. Okay. So during the uh, selection of your mission, you see a, a overview of a city, and you're choosing areas of the city. It also doesn't have some of the... Um, outdoor, the bigger map mechanics, the maps are a lot more contained. Like, generally, the start of each mission, you breach through the door of a building, and then the fight happens inside the building, and then that's it. The the goal is generally to leave the building. Uh, have you been able to tell if there will be things hiding that will completely cheap shot me and destroy uh, a character that I've come to know and love? I mean, would you want it any other way? No. <laughs> There's something wrong with me. <laughs> like permadeath is one of my favorite things in in the XComs. I'm like, what? Why? Why wouldn't you play it this way? Are so? Are either of you two um, save scabs? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 not that I've ne- not that I've never done it, and I w- I will not condemn anyone who makes that choice. But it is not my typical. Um, it's not my typical choice. Uh, I I will say that I save frequently, but mostly because I've been bit from something I've completed and then power went out or whatever. I almost never go back to a previous save. I I have been a fair bit in um, Divinity 2, Original Sin. Oh, okay. That's a game where it almost seems like you have to or that you're... Like, the game autosaves before it starts any combat without you doing anything. (laughs) <laughs> right, and it has. Um, sorry, it's been a while since I played it, but it's essentially, I mean, permadeath. And yeah. when you die, it auto reloads. From, I mean, it auto scum saves for you, and the, and then forces you to reload when you fail. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, who are you? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm Jay, and uh, my my geeky excitement is that I'm going to start a campaign of Call of Cthulhu on Monday, and none of the players playing it, and, and me, the person running it, have ever played Call of Cthulhu, and so <laughs> it's going to be quite the adventure. <laughs> I'm so deeply proud of you right now. I'm I'm doing a lot of reading. <laughs> listen, listen, anybody who's never played it, they need to know two things. You don't read any of the books, and, and you don't make any deals. And you always run away, <laughs> you run away, run away from combat. 
Well, there you go. Who are you? I am Josh. I, man, I'm trying to, I mean, the geekiest things I've done is really in preparation for future recordings. I, I reread, uh, the first Dresden Files book this weekend. Well, I should say on Saturday, uh, Stormfront. And man, it was one of those times where I was like, oh yeah, this is the, <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I like, right? Because a lot of times these days, I find myself trying to read like, business books or okay, leadership yeah. development books or, you know, like, I, and I can't do it. Like, I, I mean, I'll get through them, but I'm like, it brings no joy to your soul. Yes. And I, by the time I get to the end of it, I'm like, man, reading is the worst thing ever. Right. <laughs> I, I think that's why I haven't read recently. Cause school got me so bad. Like I, Oh, I could see that. Yeah. I, I just can't stand reading anymore. Like I, I, you know, there were times when I would sit down, and read 250, 300 pages a night of legal stuff. Oh, my word. And it was horrible. And I, you know, I did it because I had to. And I actually accelerated through it. Like, I was reading even more than I normally would because I'm like, I just got to get to the end of this crap. Right. Uh, but it definitely soured me on wanting to read. Okay. Well, in the spirit of um, keeping our intros short, I'm just going to do a quick quick blurb. Um Check out DiscountGamesInc.com for amazing prices and amazing customer service. And go to MuseOnMinis.com for the best gaming accessories on the market. So now Patreon.com forward slash chain attack to become a patron. Oh, I got to work on that. Yeah, you do. Um, uh, Let me just say that as as the intro to this episode, that um, this is a great topic compared to what we were just talking about, being soured on reading. <laughs> what, what is the, this what is this topic in that sentence? The, the topic we're about to discuss. The Lord oh, of the okay. Rings. Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, so, to finish the shield that uh, Josh talked about, go to Patreon, and you can gain early access by a week for the podcast, and you'll gain access to our bonus episode that we do every week, and if you... Become a Chain Attack Brigade member. You can join our Discord, and we've we've had quite a bit of fun chatting with the people on there so far. Yeah, I'm so, having a ton of fun with the Discord already. It made the change worth it just already. Yeah, it's, it's it'll be good. So, uh, and there's on our bonus episode, we uh, we talked about several things that we included pictures of this week. So you'll see stuff like that as well. So we're this week we're doing a grudge match where we are going to be grading uh, the um, the Lord of the Rings books and the movies. And so, so yeah, when go we ahead, do a, Trevor. When, when we do a grudge match, we're going to take two things and we're going to compare them against each other. And uh, we're going to go through each of the, the ratings, basically, and, and give one uh, a winner of each rating. Um, so this will be our first one, and this one's kind of a good one because they're you know obviously based off the same property. Um, that may not may or may not be the case in the future. Okay, so to preface this, I I think I first read The Lord of the Rings when I was ten years old. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> what what grade would that have put you in, Jay? Fifth grade. Okay, maybe, that I'm I'm almost the exact same time. So I, I was just curious about that. Yeah, and pretty sure I pretty sure I I've I've read it multiple times in when I was growing up, um, but I have not, I don't believe I've read it since then. Okay, Josh, when did you read it first? So, about the same time, probably uh, probably when I was about 10, um, I have this memory of a book that my parents had given me for Christmas about some mountain climber, and then The Hobbit, and basically slogging through the mountain climber book, and then picking up The Hobbit, and then never stopping. Like, uh, so <laughs> I almost hated reading, but then then I started reading Lord of the you know the Hobbit into Lord of the Rings. And the truth is, I read I read the series repeatedly through fifth and sixth grade. Like I lost count, but I read them at least three times um, in the course of, of wow. Life. Young Young Josh was so unlike. <laughs> <laughs> I will say okay so. Um, Another, actually, I just remembered something. So when I was in high school, I was like this, you know, overachiever, taking honors classes, etc. 
except in the 10th grade, that was, that was the year when it was kind of like American lit and I just hated the teacher that that was the teacher of that. And so, um, I took one semester of it and then the second one, I was like, you know what? Screw this. And so I took English fantasy as, as my second semester in the 10th grade and Basically, the entire semester was was reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and that was that was it. That was the class. That sounds, <laughs> sounds awful. So I, I that was probably the last time that I read read the books, and it was my teacher. If if she had been a teacher today, like she would have been fired so fast <laughs> because yeah. it was a. She was a teacher who like flirted with all the football players and oh wow what and was like fifty ish years old something like that you know etc. It was yeah crazy the first, crazy talk first cougar you ever met in your life yeah yep. times have changed I could tell you some stories as well um, <laughs> so my introduction to uh, Tolkien started in sixth grade where uh, may have been fifth grade uh, the teacher read The Hobbit to us. In in class, we got yep. a chapter chapter a day, um, etc. And I I don't recall whether I read it on my own at that time or not. Um, I've definitely read it probably five or six times in my lifetime. Um, I love The Hobbit. Uh, when I got to be, oh, gosh, see, again I don't remember. About the same time, shortly thereafter, uh, we went to the public library in the town that I grew up in, and. I remember seeing um, the Lord of the Rings books and seeing the art on the covers and thinking, oh, that's going to be fantastic. And uh, so I, I checked out the Fellowship of the Ring and took it home. I tried to read it um, for quite some time. I did not make it past the end of Bilbo Baggins' birthday party. Um, what? No, it was awful. I, I <laughs> could not get through it. It was dense. It was It was horrid. There was nothing of interest to me. It was not what I expected. I was expecting this grand, fantastic fantasy adventure. Instead, I was reading about the history of hobbits and genealogy. Yeah, and and this birthday party for a character I knew, but like I'm like, okay, well, you know, when when do the dwarves show up and mash his plates? You're like, Bilbo, you got old and weird, dude. Yeah, and so I'm like, okay, well, I ran out of time, and I had to, you know, either had to check it out again or take it back to the library. So I took it back, and I just I never picked it up again at that point for a while. Um, I'm trying to remember. I was probably 17 when I tried it again, 17 or 18. And at that point, I'm like, you know what? I didn't give it a good shot the first time. I was just it was maybe it was too over my head. I was too young. Um, so I, I picked up the books again. And I'm trying to remember where I got them from. I think I might have even purchased them that time. Um, probably went to um, a, a bookstore and purchased the, the books. And I think I purchased all three. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I was just I was just too young. I just didn't understand. I'll try it again. So the second time I tried reading it, um, I opened it up, started reading. I'm like, oh, well, this is why I didn't read this shit. I mean, excuse me. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> we'll have Jay bleep that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm like, man, this is really not good. I don't understand why people like this. And I tried and tried. And I think the second time I read it, I made it to, they were in the fields with the turnips and carrots and stuff. I mean, it's like, it's chapter two or three. It's not very far. Uh, in your defense, it's like chapter five. But... Okay. Well, it's still awful. It takes forever to get to that point. And we're like, we're still not out of the Shire. <laughs> and so then, um, I, 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 you know, I just, life got to me. I didn't really continue. You know, I was busy getting ready for college and other things. And, um, and I just, I didn't get any farther. They got put down. So, um, uh, much later, um, probably oh, 27, 28, I picked them up again. I'm like, you know what? This is an embarrassment. <laughs> I, I have, uh, no nerd cred. If people ask me about this, I have to turn in my nerd card. I cannot, you know, admit to my fellow nerds that I have not read these books. I must try again. So I go, I pick up the books because I couldn't find the old books that I had before, whether I, maybe I borrowed them, I don't know, or maybe they've just gotten lost. I purchased them a again, different set, or maybe I, I don't even remember um, where I got them. Maybe I borrowed them again. Um, don't have that set, so wherever it is, it's gone. Um, and I try reading it a third time. The third time, 
I'm much older. I feel like, you know, I'm going to understand this. This is going to work for me. I start reading it, and I'm like, no, I was right the first two times. This is really bad. Like, I, I do not understand why anyone would like this stuff. It is not fun. It is not interesting. It is poorly written. Like, what is going on here? And I just, I, I quit. And I am the type of person who, if I pick up a really crappy book that I hate, I will finish it normally I have the same out, out of the desire to just not put it down, to actually finish it. So... That story took about as long as the 20 endings of Return of the King. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> I tease, I tease. Uh, but, uh, so we've talked a fair bit about the book. As well. <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit about the movie. So, I watched all of the movies, uh, probably multiple times on most of them, in the theater. And, like, it was just such an amazing experience doing that. Um, it was, you know, there's, this could have gone so horribly awry. Yes. And all you, have, all you have to do is look at the Hobbit movies made by the same director. And or the Dungeons and Dragons movie from the 90s. Sure, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of the um, 70s Hobbit and even the Lord of the Rings cartoons. Oh, the animated Hobbit is so amazing. But they're, honestly, the Lord of the Rings uh, cartoon is pretty bad, um, so it could have gone that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But it didn't, and it's effing amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't disagree with you. The funny thing is, so for each of the um, the three movies in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, I took my wife uh, basically on our anniversary for like. <laughs> The three years in a row. Because that happened to be like, it either released like the, the day of one of them did and you know, the day after and another and, or whatever. They were just right there. And so like every time and she's, uh, she is certainly not nerdy like me. Bless so her was, heart. I can't believe she put up with that. Yeah. Well, come on. Did I already tell the story on this podcast of, you know, not even a week into our marriage that I tucked her into bed and played uh, Warhammer Quest uh, until <laughs> four in the morning with my friends. Yeah, I don't remember if that was on a bonus episode or not. So yes. Anyway, so I yeah, my priorities are a little questionable sometimes. <laughs> anyway, all that is to say that yeah, I found the movies to be tremendously enjoyable, like Jay's suggesting. Uh, but a lot of that for me was informed by a love of the books. I mean, for me, the the Lord of the Rings story. And certain characters in the story and certain moments in the story were so formative as to be rivaled only by Frank Herbert's Dune for kind of, you know, informing my young persona and, and philosophy, right? I mean, uh, and just, just as an example, like Samwise Gamgee is basically who I've aspired to be my entire life since <laughs> reading The Lord of the Rings. That explains so much. <laughs> You say that as though it's a bad thing, Trevor. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. No, that was not. That was not derogatory in any way, shape, or form. It was judgment-free, but yes, it does explain so much. Right? I mean, you can. The thing that's kind of interesting about it is that obviously there's there's a lot of interesting characters in this story and in the movies and the books, etc. But it you you do end up feeling a, a deep emotional connection with a lot of them. And it is kind of interesting that the kind of the everyman in Samwise is the the person who ends up becoming the true hero of the story. So, um, Josh, I have I have to know my coworker is a massive Lord of the Rings book fan. Okay, but he hates the movies. Well, okay, okay, I'm excited for this question. Carry on. So he hates them because of the things that they change or the things that they take out or the things that they ignore. And that didn't bother you at all? So I, I mean, it definitely didn't bother me to the point where I became, where I feel, uh, derogatory towards the films, right? But I think I understand what he's talking about. I mean, part of the thing is that, and for me, I feel like I came to peace with this many years ago. It's part of the difference between the, medium of books and the medium of movies, right? There are things that you cannot capture in a movie 
And one of those things really is like internal monologue or, or, you know, a literary exploration of a character's motivations. And, and I just feel like that is not captured in the movie in the way that it is presented in the books. And so that I could see someone being a fan of the books and, I guess having a distaste for the movies. I, I don't. I don't know if that's what you would say your coworker has or not. But yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't hate hate them, but he definitely would much rather read the books than watch the movies. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So I, I'm not. I'm certainly not to that point. But I, I definitely like my love of this story of these characters. Frankly, my love of fantasy in some ways was informed by Tolkien early on. I mean, starting with The Hobbit. Uh, and just sort of like, you know, being perfected <laughs> through exposure to Lord of the Rings. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's the thing is I just the, and, and a movie can never, I don't feel like, capture some of those um, subtleties. Let's just let's just let's just say it that way. Right? I mean, I, I think that's true. But there's also like within the movies, there are like some deeply emotional or, or moving parts, in my opinion. Um, like I'm, I'm thinking there, there's a bunch of them, obviously, but, um, like when some of my favorites are when Frodo and Gandalf are in the mines of Moria and, um, and Gandalf kind of gives his, his speech about, is this the poster that's on my office wall? <coughs> I, I don't know. I wish but, none of this had happened. I wish the ring had never come to me. And Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times. Or, yeah. or is it the speech about Gollum? Um, I'm both, really. Yeah, because both of those are amazing. Like, like yeah. you're saying, emotionally resonant, right? Anyway, yeah, to finish that quote, Gandalf says, that is not for us to decide. All it is for us to do is decide what, what to do with the time that is given to us. Yeah, that's one of my formative life philosophies, I guess. Sure. And, or like scenes where, and, and you're you're right that so for example when you read the books it it definitely has one example I'll give is when Merry and Pippin are with the Ents and they're trying to convince them that they need to give some sort of response and the Ents are like well we don't do anything hasty and and that section of the book is does a good job of conveying like the Ents are like okay we've been meeting for you know, for ages and we've decided nothing and you, you don't get that necessarily as, as well in the movie, but yeah, but because still, the movie couldn't pace that. Though. Correct. You know, exactly. Exactly. But thank still, you. Yeah. Still within the movie though, it's a very emotional moment when the, the ants say that they're going to war and you see them doing that. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, Jay. And like, there's a, I can think of a half a dozen other amazing moments like what you're suggesting, right? But here's what I want to know. How did they do so well with the Lord of the Rings movies and then created the Hobbit <laughs> movie? So here's my deep shame, or perhaps it is the shame of the movies. I have not watched all three of those movies because, again, ironically, my – my sweetheart and I were on an anniversary trip <laughs> <laughs> and we were just kind of settling down for the night. And, and she was like, Hey, do you want to watch the next Hobbit movie? Which was, is, is number two, the desolation of Smog, I think. I anyway, know. whatever it is, she fell asleep, which is fine. I didn't finish the movie because I was just like, I, I, I was losing my mind at how <laughs> I, off it was. Yeah. I mean, have you read any of the interviews with Peter Jackson afterwards where he basically just said, I was required to spit out three movies. We didn't take the source material very seriously. I mean, yeah. I, I'm putting a little bit of words in his mouth, but basically, you know, he did not. There was not even close to the same amount of dedication or effort put into that as there was the original uh, Lord there of the Rings. Were, there were times where they were, they had everyone there like needing to do a scene and they were like, finishing up the last writing of the scene that they're going to film oh, right then. Stuff like yeah, that. They, yeah, they, they, the didn't, they didn't plan. They didn't. I mean, there's so many things about it that it was just a money grab. Well, yeah. so, I mean, it's interesting because like you're talking about with Lord of the Rings, the movies, 
that there were so many emotionally resonant points, right? I felt like when they did the Hobbit movies, they like actively removed emotionally resonant points from me. <laughs> like, and, and just to give you an example, like the whole thing with, in the book, it's the arrow and the thrush that brings the knowledge to, to the bowman of Dale to, you know, strike the weak spot in Smog's um, armored plate, right? And I'm like, they didn't even, like, they didn't even pretend to attempt that plot point in the movies. <laughs> well, like, that's because they were way too busy needing to do the plot point of the love interest between the elf and the dwarf, which drove me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we've what, established... What Okay, Be- go ahead. Before we move into grading. Um, so, with the movies, uh, have have you guys watched the extended versions, and do you prefer the extended or the normal? So, I have not. What? As, as is my accidental way, oh. I have not repeated any of these movies. Uh. Oh, Josh. Okay. <laughs> I anticipate, I... just in my defense, I anticipate repeating them this year, because my youngest daughter will cross the threshold where we will say, okay, you can watch PG-13 movies. And I think that she and my other daughters who are still in a, at the home, we will watch them all together. So should I watch the extended versions? Is that even a question? <laughs> I like, so this this might be blasphemous, but I actually enjoy both of them. So, but that is, I I own both. I own the regular ones and I own the extended versions. I've seen the extended more than I've seen the originals. In fact, I'm not even sure I could go back and watch the originals at this point. I would be irritated by some of the missing parts. Interesting. Okay. So I, I definitely have seen the extended more times than I've and I've seen those probably three or four times. I'm guessing where the originals I've probably only seen twice. So. So I guess one one last thing. Um, you two don't care about this and and i don't a ton other other than i think it's interesting um but these three movies all three were nominated for best picture return of the king won best picture uh, which, which is not the best one which was kind of noteworthy um because these types of movies don't win those types of awards but it was just such an achievement of cinema in my opinion that it it did get it, and and Trevor's correct. It was, in my opinion, Return of the King's the worst of the three movies. Um, it's an apology to to Peter Jackson, is what it, it was. Well, and it was kind of a you know the Oscars a lot of times do a. Um, oh, you're saying giving it the reward was an apology? Okay, okay. Right. It, well, it's, a lot of times it's like a lifetime. There there are people who have basically lifetime achievement Oscars for a movie where it wasn't the best one that they've done, but they're the voters like, okay, well it's finally time to give this person. An Oscar, and that's basically yeah. the the best picture was for Return of the King. Okay, okay. Um, but let's let us commence the grudge match. <laughs> <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> this, this means we're diving into the grading, the grades. Yeah. Now? yeah. Okay. Let's grade geekery. Okay, so first we have design. This one's actually pretty difficult for me because, on the one hand, the books do not have modern design sensibilities with them. But, in terms of the writing? Right, yes. Um, but on the other hand, in a lot of ways, it, it basically created an entire genre. I hate saying anything here because I haven't read them. But I I don't even know that they had design sensibilities for the time that they were written. I've read older books that have better pacing. I, I just, I don't know. Well, I mean, the, it's, Tolkien is funny to me because, I mean, we're talking about, not only did it span a genre, like Jay's talking about, it basically spanned like collegiate level studies. I mean, there are right. innumerable pe- people now whose whose masters have been in Tolkien studies, right? Like, and I, I guess to piggyback on that, this is this is kind of appropriate um, to talk in this area. But I've I've never read the Similarian because I. I I, I've actually never tried. It just doesn't seem like my cup of tea. I've but, tried, and it's not. I don't think it is. But but I have a lot of respect for people who have read it and and or like you said have studied it. For right. And and the thing that's interesting about it is that and and why I say this goes into design is you know we we kind of take this as as kind of I guess probably 
commonplace or whatever, but Tolkien really created an entire world, and he created languages, and he created a history, and and now because of what he's done, we you know in a lot of ways people are like, oh yeah, that's that's just what you do. Or we take the... certain stuff for granted because of it, yeah. You know? Right. But... And, and, and let's be fair, I mean, in the literary sense, Tolkien did borrow from like ancient mythology, right? Sure, yeah, but yeah. he like refined it and polished it to a point that, like you said, birthed the modern genre. I mean. I, I just don't think you can say that we would be where we are at in terms of, you know, geeky properties or role-playing games or anything were it not for the influence that Tolkien's properties had. I, I'm going to give props to the Lord of the Rings books for doing what they what you guys have said, but overall, there's far better in the genre now. Now, certainly he laid the foundation, uh, but I just, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> so one. One thing for in in that I'll say in, in complimentary fashion to the the movies is that they just did an amazing job in my opinion. There was already a fair bit of um, Lord of the Rings art, obviously, but the visual impact that they accomplished with the movies, the design aesthetic, etc., um, is in my opinion just really impressive. And uh, you know, kudos for what they accomplished. One of the things I love about it too, and I, I think it's, I think it's a massive kudos to the part of the world where the films were created, but it is, it is one of the most colorful, I feel like, uh, fantasy properties that we've had, you know, like, cause I feel like so often the way fantasy movies can go or, uh, okay, you can at me for this or all DC movies go is like <laughs> so so the dark, dark, so yes, like the palette is so uh, you know denatured, like everything is gone from out of it, you know. And the movies did not do that; they were just so delightful. So, are are we giving grades on this, or are we just saying which one we think? No, is we're gonna design? which one? No, this is gonna be who's better, who wins the category. Okay, so design. I, I'm I'm I, I have to go with the book and. <laughs> Yes. And, I mean, I, I, I do think that in a lot of ways the movies are probably more enjoyable right now, and, and I'll, I guess, rate them better in, when we get to rating fun. But, you know, the, the design of the movies are basically a piggyback purely off of the books. I don't think that's completely fair. I mean, certainly they had to make their own design choices. I mean, obviously yes, they they're, they're based off the books, but, you know, they made movie design choices Yes. On, on who they selected as the characters and what sections of the book they took out, like Tom Bombadil, etc. And I think that they did a better better job of doing what they were intending to do than the book does. I, I'm going to give it to the movies, and I realize I haven't read the books, and I'm going to repeat that throughout this. But <laughs> but I I think when it comes to this, that the movies do do a better job. This book for me. Uh... I also, I also knew that, that both of you were going to vote against me on this, so it doesn't matter what my vote yeah, is. Yeah, you're right, right. No, that's... You, you, knew, actually, you, you knew you were pre-disenfranchised. Well done. I, I actually <laughs> did debate pretty heavily on going with the movies, because I, I I do think that they did a very impressive job with the design, and and Lord knows there uh, like how many book adaptations are actually well done, right. and that are, are even in the conversation as being as good as the book. Honestly, I'm surprised by your choice, Jay. Like, I'm delighted by it, but I'm surprised. So <laughs> that's fair. So way to keep us on our toes. I I I probably do love the movies more than than the books, but I don't know. I guess I'm I'm giving a lifetime achievement award to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so time management. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty clearly the movies on this one. In my opinion, so even the extended edition, you're saying, right? I, so, uh, just give me a, an idea, since I haven't read them. About how many hours would you guess it takes to read um, each book? Oh, if you had or asked me that earlier, I could have pulled that up on my iPad, and it would tell me. Oh, really? Yeah. I suspect it will take me um, 20 hours per book. I bet you it's longer than that. Uh, as a so. To give a comparison, most of the books that I'm reading right now, when I start them, it'll say that it'll take 
around six, six and a half hours to get through. Right. And so it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if one of these is three times as long to, to read as. And to so, be fair, I think, um, well, it'll be interesting, but I think Fellowship will be, I think, I, I think Return of the King will be the longest, Two Towers will be the shortest, and Fellowship will fall somewhere in the middle in terms of, you know, how long each one takes me. So during that period, I mean, I don't have an issue with the book taking 20 hours. One of my favorite books would take me probably longer than that to read. But do you feel like every minute of it or every hour of it is well spent? Because I in, don't think in the book. Correct. I don't necessarily think that every minute of the movies is well spent. Well, I, I'd be hard-pressed to think about the movies. Again, Lord of the Rings movies that aren't well spent. We're talking about the Hobbit movies. I can't think of a yeah. part that is well spent. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, there are there are certainly parts. I mean, I think we talked about it on this cast uh, that the Tom Bombadil section of Fellowship of the Rings seems just wildly out of place and unnecessary. Um but the honest truth is, having read through it now and pushed on, like, it's not that long. It does feel weirdly disjointed. So it, it does feel like a moment of the book that's not particularly well spent. Even I didn't find the genealogy of the hobbits, uh, particularly necessary, right? Other than, yeah, I mean, not really. I, I'm, I'm only, I'm kind of being an apologist to just say, like, <laughs> it, other than it just, it does sort of establish, like, how much time Tolkien really spent building his world, right? right? Like, how thorough he was. But but that's not what you're here for. So One of my complaints about the books is that it's not necessarily a story of adventure. It's a travel log in in a way that, like, like I I, I appreciate. It's it's almost like playing D&D and the the GM's, like, staring at you going, well, you're still on the road. You're still traveling. (laughs) Sorry, we can't get to the next part of this adventure because you're still walking. And it's going to be a while. <laughs> real, real quick, I want to rewind. And one of the things that would be especially tough to read right now with the books, uh, and, and was tough when I first read them because I, you know, I didn't know the story, etc. But he makes the design decision where like the books are split into their own sub books. Right. And you'll hear, you'll read like half of the story in one of the books and then you don't hear from them again until, like, the next actual book. <laughs> like, for example, Mary and Pippin go away with, or taken away or whatever, and then right, and that, so that's the kind of example you're talking right, about. Right, there's, there's a lot of plot lines where it's like, okay, I'm I'm really excited for what's going on with these characters, and I'm in, in love with these characters, and you're not going to read about them for hundreds of pages. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gandalf does that um, routinely, it feels like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, so. that's... Wait, are we talking about George R. R. Martin, or are we talking about Tolkien? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's, let's go to the next one. Uh, is that, so Josh, are, are you in agreement on time management on this one? I actually am. I do feel like the movie wins this category. The movies do win this category. Okay, so next we have repeatability. This is, again, going to be the movies for me. Part of it is just the, the amount of time investment. Um, granted, the movies are a fairly large time investment, but nothing compared to the books. <laughs> right, sure. So, I, I have, again, not having read the books, I, I actually, I'm going to be a little bit of the devil's advocate here. My problem is the movies, like, they are not actually that repeatable. Like, they're not really that engaging to the point where you want to sit down and just, you know, let's, let's rewatch The Lord of the Rings this weekend. I mean, it really kind of, even for my family, who's super nerdy, like for us to sit down and watch all three movies on a Saturday or whatever, that's like a once every five years sort of thing. And that's not common for us. Like the books feel I'd, like you wouldn't feel like you're rewatching the same thing because it's been so long since you read it. And there's so there's so much information that it's almost like you're reading again for the first time in many ways. That's how I'm feeling as I reread it right now. Like I will... I, I I think that doing like one marathon session would be too much for me. It'll generally be you know one a night and within a week have it watched. But sure, it it will definitely like I'll actually this is how I've been. I told Brian recently that um, I want to rewatch the movies and he's like, well, I want to restart with the Hobbit. <laughs> so that's going to be on the agenda evidently sometime oh, soon. Yeah. Um. But and we we own all six movies. Um. And I've watched The Hobbit multiple times, but 
Um, I, I do get to the point where after a year or two, I'm like, it's it's been too long since I've watched Lord of the Rings, and I and I want to rewatch them. Well, for me, uh, honestly, and this this is applying practical life experience, but the books win. I mean, I have yeah. reread the books more than I have rewatched the movies. Uh, I know that's shocking for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to establish this reputation so quickly. Okay, so it, next, oh, go ahead, Trevor. Oh, I was just gonna say it's interesting to me that it feels like just yesterday these movies came out. But many people listening who are, you know, yeah, a bit younger so... may or may not have even <laughs> seen them. The the newest movie is 17 years old, now. almost 17. Yeah, Six, 16 and a half. Madness. Fun. I mean, I, I previewed this earlier, but the movies will will also get my nod on this. Um, somewhat because of the. It's just so visually appealing, and also the difference in time management uh, for me is a is a pretty big difference. Josh, I'm in like I'm having such a deep internal debate right now, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm dying inside. I, the honest truth is, I, I think I do have to give it to the movies on this one. I mean, they just uh, fun for me is a little more lighthearted, right? And not that some of the scenes are lighthearted, but like. The execution in the movie well, of some of the scenes so, that I imagined, you know, as I read them, is so fantastic. Like, let's let's if if I made one little change and changed this from fun to enjoyment, which one would would it still be the same answer? No, that would be harder. That would be harder for me. I I would probably give that to the books, honestly. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I I'm not it's not interesting. When you, when you mentioned um, like the opportunity to see something on the screen that you've been like imagining, one of the, another scene that it made me think of was like the Battle of Helm's Deep and the yes yes um, Gandalf coming over the ridge and you know well the Balrog scene with Gandalf yeah 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 I mean all of that kind of stuff they just yeah. did such a marvelous job bringing that to life. You know, so that's probably why I, I give it to the movies on this one. Uh, we don't need that forever. <laughs> oh, you, oh, yeah. Clearly, clearly, <laughs> I've already expressed how I forget. Trevor is essentially a party line voter on this. On this <laughs> I'm not. No, not necessarily. I mean, I understand what the books have done to our community. I mean, I understand the weight that they provided to the geek world, but uh, I just—they're not for me. I've I've come to that realization. I am now. 42 years old. I appreciate that the books have done some wonderful things for our culture. They are what have made, they, they've shaped my own life in many ways. And I have to give them a nod for that. But they are just not for me. I have tried and I have tried and I have tried. And even my, even my coworker who absolutely loves the books, he's just like, you know what? No, these books aren't for everybody. He fully admits that not everybody loves the books and they aren't for everyone. Well, clearly they're not for me. That's where I got to with this rereading of it that I'm doing as an adult. I'm like, oh, I understand now why, you know, this just wouldn't connect with some people who, when I when I say some people, I'm saying people, friends who share all my other interests. I could I could totally understand why the connection would not happen. I mean, there was a long time where it was it was some deep seated nerd shame that I could never have <laughs> that I couldn't make my way through the books. I've come to terms with it at this point. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of what my most deep-seated nerd shame is that I've come to accept, and I'm I'm not quite <laughs> sure currently. I, I think mine is not having watched James Cameron's Avatar, but I'm not sure if there's something worse than that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we could find something worse than that. That one's <laughs> that one's pretty tame in comparison to mine. My <laughs> mine is evidently. I'll, I'll just continue the the Avatar trend and oh Avatar <laughs> the last Airbender <laughs> yeah my no your yours is Firefly oh yeah probably yeah I think Fire I think your Firefly is probably worse than your Airbender that's probably true. the the ironic thing is that like I've watched Firefly multiple times and I enjoy it I just don't think that it's as amazing you have not reached the level of reference that those of us who are in yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah okay so. Overall, this one's this is actually rather difficult for two of well, us. I've, I've well, made for one of us, it's it's easy for two of us. Difficult for me. 
<laughs> so you guys go ahead and say your uh, your answers that are obvious. <laughs> well, I'm just going to start by saying that the movies are fantastic. I, I think that they do a great job of conveying the idea, the story, laying the groundwork for what uh, modern fantasy has become in the Tolkien wake. And obviously, uh, he deserves a great deal of credit for what he has accomplished uh, for our modern culture and, and what he's done for each of us um, as nerds. And I, I, I cannot uh, express that enough, I guess. I, I prefer the movies, but I, I'm not going to um, you know try to take away the books from Josh, but I do think the movies are fantastic. And the fact that we actually got the movies. Like, growing up, when I was you know 15 years old, if you had told me that we would have, like, well done... Lord of the Rings movies and well done Captain America movies and Thor movies, et cetera, et cetera. I would have told you you were crazy. Absolutely. I would have assumed you were from the Dark Mirror universe and trying to deceive me in some way. (laughs) Right. I was fully expecting, almost 20 years ago now, fully expecting when I went to the theater for Fellowship of the Ring that it was going to be a disaster. Like I'd seen the previews, I knew that it looked amazing. But I'm like, they're going to screw it up somehow. They're going to make this awful. This is going to be the worst fantasy movie ever made. And I was wrong. It was great. Um, I'm, I'm, my I'm honest have... answer is the books. Yeah, I still give it to the books because for me, they're they're the seed. They're the seed of everything. You know. So um, I'm I'm actually going to go with the books as well. You treachery, <laughs> I do love both of them a lot, obviously, but. Like the the books are just in in a lot of ways um, I'm like Josh they're kind of um, foundational experiences for me and they're it, it's also like spoiler alert I I don't know that we're going to be doing um, very many book versus movie grudge matches but it's also can, gonna be, it's, I it's can gonna think be, of a few it's going to be pretty hard for me to grade any movie better than the book. <laughs> oh, right. So. That would be an interesting conversation in and of itself. Yeah, like, one of the only only ones that I can think of where I thought the overall the, the movie was better than the book was Shawshank Redemption. I, I can think of a couple, but that's, yeah. that's one of them. Um, real quick, a, a few questions for you guys. Okay. First of all, have either of you um, watched the biopic with Nicholas Holt about Tolkien? Uh, it is on my list of um, movies to watch. It, is, it has become highly recommended to me by several friends whose opinions I trust. Part of the problem is I, I was told that, that Laramie, my wife, would enjoy it also. And so I've been trying to be um, – Mm. show loyal to her right you know which is also the reason why i haven't watched the last episode of stranger things season three uh please don't at me on that one it's it's painful uh but anyway so i haven't watched it because for her she and i to get around to watching certain shows together uh it's easier to get um you know a bill passed in congress (laughs) i have i've not seen it no and i um i don't expect that it'll happen anytime soon unless it's available free somewhere yeah. Do you it's ask because been... it's good, Jay? No, I, I was just curious. It's, it's one that I've been wanting to watch. Oh, okay. Um, the other question is, are are you guys... What, what's your excitement level for the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon? Uh, it must be partly non-existent because I had kind of forgotten that it was coming. I didn't know it was coming. What? what sorry, you're going to have to explain. What is it? Um, it's supposed to come out in 2021, although production has been paused because of COVID. Sure. Um, Amazon is throwing, um, tons of money at it. Um, I, I assume I, everyone, you know, evidently wants to be the next, um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Well, yeah. let me just say that if is they it... managed to achieve with the series what they achieved with the Expanse series, it... then I am like a thousand percent in. Is is it, it supposed to tell the story that's in the books, or is this something no, new? No, it's a prequel series based um, after the Hobbit. The currently 
Okay, so I'll, I'll read you this. Um, however, in the lead-up to confirmation, Middle-Earth maps posted by the official Am- Amazon Lord of the Rings Twitter profile showed lands that would have only existed long before the character's time. Um, the series then will actually take place during the second age of Middle-Earth. Oh, wow, good grief. Oh, so. this is like way back then. Huh. Um, for reference, the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings novels and film trilogies are set thousands of years after the Second Age, toward the end of the Third Age. Right, right. All right, the you may mark me down as cautiously hand. optimistic. The Second Age, on the other hand, is most notable for being the time period when Sauron created the One Ring and all the other rings of power. So, uh, I am. I, I I will say that there are certainly series out there right now that I am more interested in, uh, hyped about than this. Uh, but I will certainly watch it. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty excited for a, a big budget series on this property. So um, I, I thought I would mention it because I assumed that there would probably be either a lot of people who had never heard of it or had kind of fallen off the radar because it had been announced a, a little while ago. So I I never I did not know about it at all. Yeah. You've done some great service there. Okay. Well. Tune in for our next episode. Um, we're going to talk some about other Lord of the Ring game stuff. Uh, maybe the LCG, maybe, who knows, maybe War of the Ring. Um, but either way, it's going to be amazing. So check that out. Yeah. Excellent. Well, on that note, we'd like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Chain Attack. Chain Attack.